Surely you can feel the presence of the God of the Lord in this place. Thank you, Brother Marco. I'm really, really, really touched this morning. Um, but I want the Sunday school to stay. Um, are the Sunday schools staying or going? They, the Sunday school are allowed to stay if they'd like this morning. <laughs> I see some of the Sunday school are leaving, so I suppose the Sunday school are going. No, it's not Bernard. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, I greet you in the precious name of Jesus this morning. And welcome to our visitors, first-time visitors that are in the house. We really appreciate you. We really love having you here this morning. And I started out with greeting you in the precious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And greeting often opens the doorway for further interaction. I was saying to my wife, we should uh, be allowed to change that narrative to I treat you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ because you know greeting can be such a quick thing and treating speaks to behavior and an ongoing thing what we do the impact that we make in people's lives the old saying goes People won't always remember what you say, but they will remember how you make them feel. And we've been called to be the salt of the earth. Not just speak the salt of the earth. How is my life impacting your life? How do I make you feel? Do you feel the presence of God when I'm with you? Or are we just doing a quick high and by? What is the impact that we have in people's lives? The way we treat people literally opens a doorway for God and interaction with God. So you and I as children of, of Christ are very impactful, but we need to know who's on the inside. This morning, when I was sitting there, I was looking at the height of the the pulpit here and I was saying I need my glasses <laughs> and lo and behold I reached into that bag of mine where my glasses case is and I opened it and it was empty and I looked at that and I thought wow sometimes we look so shiny and bright on the on the outside what's happening on the inside I looked at that just now and I thought, if the bright, the case is there, but what's on the inside is not, is it fit for purpose? That case taught me something this morning. Lord, I thank you for good eyes this morning. Thank you through you we can do all things. All things. I'm honored and blessed to, to stand here this morning. Pastor Bev, Pastor Sitting Zue, um, 
I really am challenged every time I sit here. I'm challenged a lot. Thank you, Lord, for a loud voice as well. I'm challenged also by, by what I share up here, because I found that what I share up here, God comes and holds you to it. I shared at one point in time about the busyness of life and what you would do if you had more time. If God gave you more time, what would you do with it? Because we always say, I just need more time. Lord, if I just had more time, I'd do A, B, and C. And it's easy to talk about these things. It's another thing to, to have to walk that talk, you know. Is this working? It's not working, but it's fine. So, man, I've been the busiest I've ever been since that talk. Since I've shared that, I've been busy on a level that I did not know was possible. But I'm constantly reminded that, you know, God is testing us for a reason. We can't just stand here and talk. We've been called to walk. We've been called to step out of the boat and walk the talk. We can't just be that glasses case looking pretty and bright on the outside. And when the Lord comes to open us out, we're missing an integral part of something. Thank you, Lord, for light. Father, I thank you for my spiritual glasses this morning. My topic this morning, which was laid on my heart, is called Serving God. And from the time Simone has come up here, uh, Zoe was talking about raising our hallelujahs, just a spirit of thankfulness. Simone was talking about hope. Marco was talking about hope. I've got hope in my message. And God is speaking to us solidly, loudly about where our hope lies. Can we agree that it's been a tough year? It's been a tough couple of years. And we've been going through things. But when we're going through things, what do we fix our eyes on? What do we fix our eyes on? That is the question. And I've been hearing that over and over and over. God is our hope. God is our hope. God is our hope. Without Him, we are hopeless. But that's a choice. That's a personal choice. Father, I come to you this morning, your humble servant, far from worthy. I stand here this morning, Lord, because you've chosen me and you've called me. Lord, what an honor to be able to give back to you. Father, my hope is in you this morning. Use this vessel of clay. I submit to your purpose and your will this morning. Speak your word through me as you would have it portrayed to your people. We pray for the hearts of these under the sound of my voice. Lord, we pray for fertile ground this morning. Hearts that would be open to your word and to your love and to your hope.
and the Church of Rebirth says Amen and Amen to that. So I was um, part of that clique that went on a vacation that uh, <laughs> Pastor Bevan was talking about. And I must say, before we went on, on, on holiday, my mindset was this. I'm going on holiday, I'm switching off, Eggville Nooks worry. I must do a little bit of Marco here. Marco, I hope you feel comfortable when I speak Afrikaans. I'm from KZN, so excuse the... I said I'm going on holiday. I'm switching off. I need a break. Has anybody been tired in this house? As you heard from Pastor Bevan a couple of times, giving us warnings here, the number is there, but don't abuse it. That comes from a tired man and woman. It's been, I know it's been rough in the Elliot home. It's been, hey, Bev, I've been feeling the same. It's been rough in the Montague home. And when I went on holiday, I said, that's it, switching off. Don't want to hear anything from anybody. I took my laptop with me to appease my feelings of, so I don't feel so bad. It's there. I'm not going to switch it on, though. So when I went uh, on holiday saying that time out, I saw somebody from afar that I hadn't seen in years, long time, long time. And I saw him from afar off and I said, yeah, nice to see him, but I'm on holiday. This is going to be extra admin. <laughs> Anybody been there? <laughs> okay. Thank you, Lord. I thought I'm on my own. So I said, this is going to be extra admin. Nice to see you from afar. And I left it at that. Family, I was on holiday. And lo and behold, the Holy Spirit, after this, started convicting me of that particular action, that little bit of disobedience. And it really bothered me after a while. And it kind of bothered me because I thought... And probably the Holy Spirit was, was, was on my case about this because that probably was or could have been a Kairos moment like Pastor Bevan has shared. A distinct moment in time. Could have been for me, could have been for that person. But I chose, I'm on holiday. Now, the reason why I'm sharing that is... There's two points I want to make to this. How often we compartmentalize God in our lives. The inclusion and exclusion of God based on what we are doing. I was on holiday, so I was on holiday from all things, including the Holy Spirit ministering to me. I robbed myself of an opportunity to be used as a vessel at the time. I was on holiday. I was even more convicted when I listened to Pastor Peary's message talking about the providence of God. Talking about God working in the background. God working through you. What if that was a Kairos moment for me or for that person. And I stepped away from it. And I stepped away from it. 
And the Holy Spirit constantly ministered to me on this. We don't serve God part-time. We are not doing work and God on this side. We are not doing holiday and God on this side. God is on the inside of us, working through us at all times. That is His gift to us. That is our honor back to Him. How many of us sitting here this morning feel that we do God a favor by serving Him? I know, a harsh, harsh one, but how many of us feel that I've chosen God? Not the other way around. Family, do you understand that this morning you are in the house of God because you are chosen, not because you have chosen? That in its own is an honor. You see, we need a mindset change. We need a paradigm shift up here. Because then we won't be serving God as if, you know, I'll come when I'm available. I'll come if I'm available. God, you know it's raining today. God, you know it's cold today. I'm here every other week, so... Be thankful, okay, this, you can excuse me. Let me tell you this. Ever since I've, hey, Bev has asked me to start preparing words and preaching, and man, there's a battle all the time. And I was at a place before where it was like, oh no, if it's getting too rough, Bev, it's getting a bit rough. Um, can you step in? And you know that man of God is so filled with the word, it's like, the, the, the excuse in my mind is it's not a big deal for that man to preach because it just overflows from him. I can use that as my crutch to say, listen, B, my life is too busy. Why don't you step in? Can God use you this time? Because, you know, we are both doing God a favor, right? Family, it's an honor to stand here this morning. It's an honor to stand here and declare that He is Lord. This morning I want to share with you from the book of 1 Peter, 1 Peter. And this was written, they say, by, by Peter. There is some uh, debate on, on whether Peter actually wrote it or not. But Peter was the lead of the apostles, the spokesperson for the apostles. And he's also called <laughs> the apostle of hope. There's that hope word again. Now, Peter came to Christ by his brother Andrew. Andrew invited and brought Peter along. Now look at what Peter has done in the ministry through God. Lord, we need some Andrews up in here. Lord, we need some Andrews up in here to walk in obedience and to say, come, just, just come. Come and see what has caused the change in my life. Some people need to come from, from um, Nigeria. 
and, and, and be an Andrew and bring the whole family. We're so thankful for you, my brother Dennis. Be an Andrew. You never know what one person is going to do in the kingdom. Amen. So this book of Peter was written to the church that were in the province of Rome in minor Asia because of increasing persecution within that area towards Christians. So here, Christians were dispersed. They were, they were actually, in, in, in verse 1, they were called pilgrims, termed pilgrims, foreigners, those who are not from that area. They were suffering persecution in this place. This was not their home. Paul, or Peter, sorry, is writing to encourage them. Writing to say, it's going to be okay. Don't lose hope. I know that when you came into the house of the Lord, you thought it's going to be a bed of roses. And all worries dissipate. Peter's writing, don't lose hope. Don't be bitter. Know where your hope is. Know in whom your hope is. So, he touches on two themes within this epistle. Number one being the benefits of being tied to Christ. The benefits of being under that umbrella, under that anointing, the privilege and the blessings. And then the latter part of the epistle, he talks about things we don't like to talk about. The hard times, the sacrifice, the things that we're going to go through in life. So, let's just turn to First Peter. And I'm going to go to a few scriptures within the book of First Peter. And just take it from there, if I may. So, like I said, in verse 1 the letter addressed to the pilgrims, those who, that are not from this place, those who are foreigners, those who are just sojourning, just passing through, pretty much like you and I here on earth, just passing through. And the reason why I'm stressing on passing through, because there's a thing called eternity, and there's a thing called temporary. There's a thing called eternity which is forever and ever and ever. Eternity has no end. And there's the temporary which is now. That time is gone. It's over. Fleeting like that. Where is our focus? Where is our focus? I want to go to First Peter 3, us foreigners, okay? So, a little way down in uh, verse 3, it says, A living hope, a living hope, say a living hope. A living hope. Mm -hmm. 
a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. A living hope. Now there's an inheritance, there's a promise that is spoken, okay? And it says your inheritance cannot be broken, okay? It's incorruptible. It's absolutely holy. It's undefiled. It does not fade away. It is for eternity. It is everlasting. So, our short time on earth, where is our focus? Is our focus on the now and gone? Or is it on this incorruptible, undefiled, and that that does not fade away? Where is our living hope? Now, let's go to what this living hope is. And I'm going to give you a couple of scriptures here that just talks to hope. Our living hope is eternal life. We just heard there. Never fades away. Our living hope is eternal life. Titus 1 verses 2. We're not living on this earth as cattle to work, eat, sleep, repeat. Now I know my wife laughed at me when I, when I said we are not here as cattle to work, eat, sleep, and repeat because she said, hey, we kind of are like doing that. <laughs> and that's the truth. Yeah. Beloved, that is the truth. We are working, eating, sleeping, repeating, and Lord, I'll do a little bit of for you in between. Because... Be grateful. I am serving you. Lord, I have chosen you. I have chosen you. Your living hope is in eternity. Don't focus on the temporary. Hope is in God. Psalms 43 verses 5. Thank God we do not have to bear the burdens of this life on our own. Do you know what is hopelessness? Hopelessness is if you have nobody to turn to with the weight that is on your shoulders. I do not know what is life like outside of Christ. I can say to you, Lord, this is getting heavy. What do you do? What does an atheist do when they say, I do not believe in God. I don't believe. Who do you talk to about this? Who do you deflect all of this onto? There has to be an outlet. Lord, have you ever sat and kneeled at your bed and cried to the Lord? And I'm talking literal tears. What if you didn't have that option? What would happen then? Who do you cry to? God is our hope. God is our hope. My flesh rests in hope. Psalm 16 verses 9. Without hope in God, 
there is no rest. You know that anxiety thing? God says be anxious for nothing. If you cannot turn to the word of God and say there is truth in this word, God says I should be anxious for nothing. That is what I stand on. That is the promises that I stand on because it is in this book. That is my hope. That is my hope. That is what I am leaning on. That is what I am living through. That is what I am living through. My flesh can rest in hope and rest in Him. This is not my fight. This is not my fight. Hope is by the gift of grace. 2 Thessalonians 2 verses 16. And like I said earlier on, there is absolutely nothing that we have done to afford hope. Nothing. And we need to have that paradigm shift in our minds, beloved. We need to have that because it is easy for me to say, you know, Bev, I can't. I'm a bit busy. But it is an honor to stand here, not for Bevan, but to stand here for the living God. We are not serving man. We are not serving man. When you are feeling aggrieved by anything, focus on who you're doing it for. It's not man. This is our gift back to God. He's given us so much. Hope is the defense against Satan's attacks. 1 Thessalonians 5 verses 8. <laughs> In my weakness, he is made strong. Family, we cannot stand against the wiles of the enemy on our own. We cannot stand against the wiles of the enemy on our own. There is nothing on the inside of us that can stand against the enemy but for Christ inside of us. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. But don't be like the glasses case without the substance inside. Not fit for use. Not fit for use. Hope is confirmed through trials. <laughs> Roman five, Romans 5 verses 3. And it says, Beloved, rejoice when we face trials which produce perseverance. And perseverance produces character. And character produces hope. Hey, why do we shy away? Why do we shy away from the trials? Why do we shy away? God promises that you're going to have the trials. God says that you're going to go through things. Why? To build you up. And to build up your trust in Him. If you go through nothing, who is your hope in? Who is your trust in? Nothing ever happens. I'm good. I'm good. Pastor, I think it was Pastor Piri that spoke on the weekend. Thank God for recordings. Yes. Oh, and thank you, Pastor and Zoe. Thank you. We love you so much. And he spoke about Esther that was used to God opening the doors, opening the doors, opening the doors. 
providence working behind the scenes that when she was called upon to act, she was like, oh, no, I can't do that. I might get killed. I can't do that. I might get killed. My life hangs in the balance. Mordecai said, if you don't do this, your life hangs in the balance. You could and you will get killed. We so often find an excuse so quickly. There's, an, there's a big difference between excuses and reasons. But we are the masters of excuses. We are the masters of excuses. Is there any reason why you cannot serve the Lord? It is an honor. You've been called into this house to serve the Lord. What an honor. And we are sitting and saying, Hey, <laughs> no, 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 I'm not ready. I can't, Lord. It's an honor that you sit here. We should be falling over ourselves to say, Lord, what next? Lord, how can I serve? Use me. Use me for you. Because I'm not serving man. Our focus needs to change. We need to have a paradigm. Renewing of the mind. We need to have that change, family. Hope is the helmet of salvation. 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 8. Even when my situation looks unbearable, know in whose hand you are. We are in the palm of his hand. Our hope lies not in any man, but our hope lies in the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Know where your hope is, family. I want to move on to 1 Peter 4, and things start switching up a little. And 1 Peter 4, verses 7. And as we've already heard that serving is to God's glory, but to our benefit. Serving is to God's glory, but to our benefit. In Him, we have that hope which is beneficial. 1 Peter 4, verses 7 says, But... The end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. The end of all things is at hand. Not talking about a chronological end, but the culmination of a goal, the culmination of the coming of Christ, which can happen at any time. But how are we living? How are we living in the church? Are we living eternity-based, like we said once again, or are we living temporally? Because if the Word of God says the end of all things is at hand, these past two years we've had some inexplicable things happening that we never could have dreamed of. Only the guys in Hollywood, actually. One would think that they read the Word more than we do all these plots that they have coming from the Bible, coming from the Word. The end is promised. The end is at hand. What does the Word of God says? Be serious and be watchful. 
Don't be swept or led by emotions and passions. Don't be deceived, if possible, at, at, at the end times. Your very faith is at hand here. You see, family, and what we'll go uh, into shortly is we've got to realize that we come into the house of God, we come into the anointing of God. It is not without opposition. It is not without opposition. So, like we said earlier on, how can you expect things to keep on going smoothly and just without hiccups? Without, after you've made a declaration and a standing for the Lord, don't you have a responsibility to prepare yourself for war? Which soldier goes to the midst of the battlefield and says, yeah, I'm here, I'm here, but I'll just see how things go. Are you at risk without your armor? Are you at risk without your hope of salvation? What are we doing to prepare ourselves for this war that not is coming, that we are in? We are in this war, family, but we are walking like we are at the merry-go-round. We need to operate in wisdom. We need to operate in wisdom. I want to get back to, I will read verse 8, and I'll come back to that just now. Okay? But I want to go to Okay, let's read verse 8 now. 1 Peter 4, verse 8. <laughs> Above all things, and this is, this is addressed to the church, right? Remember, this was addressed to the church that was undergoing persecution. Above all things, have fervent love one for another. For love will cover a multitude of sin. Here's a, a word uh, that um, Simone also read. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. And, and for me, this hospitable talks about um, showing love to strangers. Okay? Showing love to strangers, not grumbling about these things. Once again, if I even read this line, why would we get into this this frame of mind where we start grumbling, where it's, it's too hard, um, and this, that, that. Because our focus is on man and not on God. Our focus is on man and not on God. We need a realignment of our GPS. We need a realignment. Above all things, have fervent love for one another. Do you believe love can change the world? Do you believe that love can change the world? So why are we not... This is the key. Why is the world not operating in love if that is the key? We need to be reminded that God is love. God is love. 
Going down to 1 Peter 12, for, um, 1 Peter 4, verses 12. And this is the part hey, that we in the church need to get to in our thinking. Okay? The rest of this epistle that we're going to go through now, we have the letter being addressed to the beloved in the church, the elders in the church, and then the youth in the church. This is an all-inclusive message to everybody. And why am I specifically mentioning the beloveds in the church, the elders in the church, including the youth? Everybody here is involved in building this kingdom. Serving the kingdom of God is is building the kingdom of God. Not any one of us is not important. Why would we exclude the kids? They are the generation that is coming next. What are we depositing as the elders and the church folk into our kids that are coming next? What is your responsibility? And we, and, and we beloved, when I talk about what is happening in the church, we've got to take it a step back from just the church building and the church here. It, our church, the church is the body of Christ. The church does not mean that what we do with our kids and with each other is involved in this building here. If we are the body of Christ, if we are the hands and feet of Christ, does that not mean everywhere? Everywhere. Even on holiday. It means everywhere. What are we doing with our kids, the next generation to come? Everywhere. In our homes, amidst the times of busyness. I shared before that Corrie ten Boom said, if the devil cannot make you bad, he will make you busy. Are we too busy to invest into the future? Are we too busy to invest into eternity? Or are we focused on now? Are we focused on the now? Now, I want you to realize something as we go into this of suffering for God's glory from 12. Remember I said we spoke about the blessings that come under that covenant, but there's also hardships that come. This is what we do need to realize, that when the hardships come, there is an agenda behind it. Why do we look at hardships and turmoil and, and, and stress that is happening? Why do we divorce the war, the spiritual war, from that that we're going through. That is the biggest deception ever. Because the word of God says, the weapons of warfare are not carnal. How on earth can we be responding in the flesh if the word of God says, you are in the midst of the war and the weapons of your warfare are not carnal. But what do we do? I got this, Lord. I got this, Lord. It's not your fight. We need to submit to the Spirit of God. We need to see the agenda behind what is happening. Amen. 
We need to know who our enemy is. Do you know who it is that you're fighting? Because if you know who it is you're fighting, you know how to respond. Not react, respond. We respond on our knees. We, we send it up to the King of Kings, to the Lord of Lords, who will give us the wisdom as to if there's anything for us to do here, this is how you do it. This is how you do it. Family, let us, re- let us realize who is behind what it is that we go through. We are in a war. So to the members, verses 12 says, Beloved, do not think it's strange concerning, hey, not even just trial, not even just fiery trial. Sounding like sometimes you can like go through hell on earth. Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you. Hey, it's not even saying maybe. Fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing has happened. Family, it's in the word of God. God is saying that we've come under his, 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 his protection, but we are in a war zone. Things will come to test you, but our hope is in him. Our helmet of salvation is in him. Our breastplate of, of, of righteousness is in him. Our shield of faith is in him. There's nothing that says, Clint, you got that. Clint, this part, you got that. Our hope is in him. Know who we are fighting and know how to respond. Remember, like I said, we are God's hands and God's feet. And that is a privilege. Focus is on eternity and not the distraction of temporary. Colossians 3 verses 23, my favorite scripture says, Whatever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord. That's where our reward is. Our reward is from the Lord and not from man. We are not serving man once again. The word of God said it, not me. 1 Peter 1 verses 7, For the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God. The time has come for judgment to begin. So we're going through these trials and going through these tribulations. Why? There's a sifting. There's a sifting to make the the, the church of God pure for his return. How and what are we doing? What are we doing to prepare for that? Family, we have a responsibility. That is to us, the church. Okay? No condemnation is coming, is coming, but a chastising, a, a, a purifying of the church through the loving hand of God. 1 Peter 5, verses 2 to 3, then begins to start speaking to the elders. Okay? And I'm going to read it. I've, 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 I've summarized it, and it says to the elders, Shepherd the flock, be careful of slipping into complacency or indifference, Serving for money, or I just learned this word. Anybody heard this word? Demagoguery. 
which means leading by intimidation and manipulation. There is so much that we are seeing in the world of this right now. Isn't it exciting reading the Bible? Because when you read some of these things, it's like, hey, this is like, this is happening. This is going on right now. It's not like days of the old where you were like, I wonder, hmm, could it actually happen? We are walking and living in this day. If our eyes are not opened now, what, does it gonna what is it going to take? What is it going to take? The end is nigh. The end is nigh. Pastor Brandon, and, and please, if you haven't listened to the, the audio, pester Pastor Bevan, uh, to get that audio of, uh, of the conference for you. Pastor B uh, Brandon spoke about, on the, on, the, on the day of the conference, spoke about conviction, compassion, and how to frame these issues and these challenges that we go through. Now, that is all the teaser that I'm going to give you. Because I will not do justice to what he said in there. You need to go and listen to what that man of God has, has brought to the fore. Lastly, the letter is written to the youth. 1 Peter 5, verses 5. And it's very clear. Younger people, submit yourself to the elders. Younger people, submit yourself to the elders. But I'm going to challenge all of us, this village that is raising the kids. It starts at home. They say charity starts at home. You cannot, what you have not started in the home, expect to be carried out over there. You have a responsibility. God has put you in charge. The, 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 the word of scripture continues to go, and it says, it doesn't just end there, it says, yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility, for God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Is there anything more that needs to be said about that? Family, my encouragement to you this morning once again is a simple message. There is eternity. There is eternity, and we are not doing God a favor by serving Him. It's the other way around. You have been chosen for a time such as this, you have been brought into God's house. It's an honor bestowed upon you. The gifts that you have, such a beautiful brother Marco, to hear the gift being used for God's glory. Amen. That is the ultimate gift that you can give back to God. So many of us have something inside, but maybe for, for fear, maybe for disobedience, maybe for the lies that the enemy is whispering in here, we decide not to give it back to God. We are serving as if we are serving each other. We are serving as if we are doing each other a favor. This is not about you and I. This is about the King of Kings. And it's about the Lord of Lords. When we respond, we respond in obedience because that is our worship. Amen. 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 Pastor Bev, if I could.